Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday Night on TBS from March the 25th of 1989. Doc is not here because he's on a uh, lame beach somewhere. Uh, Harper is here, and we welcome back to the show my man Robert Silva. Silva, uh, you got some little shoes to fill, so I have no doubt you'll fill them just fine. That's fucked up. Wait a minute. Doc's what? Is Doc like 6'2", 200 pounds? That doesn't mean he's done anything. He's got little feet, and he's got little other things, too, according to what I understand. So what kind of bathing bathing suit do you think he's wearing? Speedo. He's wearing a fucking Speedo, man. (laughs) Like those fat Italian guys you see on on Instagram? Oh, no. I was just thinking the movie, uh, what homeboy was wearing in Caddyshack, the the dude that 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 uh, the dude with the with, with the with the with the with the hair that was always wet, that was where the his rival, the dude's white rival. Yeah, he's wearing a speedo like him, like homeboy in Caddyshack. Can you see Doc wearing a speedo, drinking white claws on the like, beach? So yeah, I guess. <laughs> With, with, with his Corona's at, at, at the fucking beach. <laughs> He's like the nanny from the fucking Muppet Babies. All I see is the fucking feet, right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, what a Speedo on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's like a Dallas Cowboys one. And then they got the star right on a dick. Oh, yeah, with, 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 the, with, with the cowboy mask. The, the emblem. Well, he's yeah. <laughs> good God. Oh, good old Doc. Good old Doc. Well, uh, hopefully his kids are building this fun. That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, I, I, I assume. I assume they are. I assume they are. They, they go every year, so you know. Same same trip. I believe they go on every year. At least at least I think that's because he's usually there during this time of year. So that's that. Uh. Anyway, we're sitting here BSing. Uh, Harper's here. Harper was actually semi on time this week. He was right. five minutes late, and Silva was definitely on time. Uh, but we're sitting here, and we're going to talk some March 25th, 1989, Saturday night on TBS. Before we do so, I want to give a shout-out to Disrespectfully Classy Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childers, Joe Weiss. Thank you for your patronage each and every month. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, I don't have any new Patreon members this week, uh, but if you 
interested in a shout out next week, sign up on Patreon, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. We got a clash coming up in a couple of weeks. It's the next one. It's Raging Cajun from the Superdome in Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana, that is the uh, best two out of three falls. The second match for Flair or with Flair and Steamboat. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. The The greatest match I've ever seen live. I was I attended that card just as Harper did. So I attended yeah. that card. Yeah, I attended that card. I was going to Loyola Harper at oh, the no time. Shit. Yeah, right. and so I I went I went and I got cheap tickets. I got there was five dollar tickets. I got five dollar yeah. tickets, and the people the TBS execs were like, "You could come down. You could come down." I bet they did say that. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> so we came all the way behind the floor seats, and I was like, "Damn." It was and the upper, but up until the last match. No, nah, let me not spoil anything. But that match was the greatest match I've ever seen live in my damn almost forty years of attending wrestling. It was a hell of a match. I got a question. I do want to ask all of us once we get done um, with reviewing the trilogy because I got some thoughts on which one my favorite one was versus which one that's actually. I'm going to um, be biased. That, that that's what. That's going to be my favorite because I attended it. The other one I watched on scrambled uh, uh, pay per view for free. The scrambled shit. I was basically listening to the first one, the uh, the the Chi Town, the Chicago one, where Jim Ross and you guys covered it greatly. Did a spectacular job of covering that match, and now I realize why I was able to hear it on scrambled. Uh, you know how they scramble the picture if you don't pay for the pay per view. The reason that Ross painted a great picture because they were selling the pay-per-view on the hotline for, I don't know, $10 a minute. You can sit, listen to the whole oh, pay-per-view. God. And that's why when you watch, when, when I saw it, everything was so descriptive because that's the same feed they were giving to the dummies out there that called on the hotline. <laughs> Imagine that bill. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I they would do that. Uh, Harper, you were there too, right? I was there, bro. Hell of a I match. I was there in an in a empty Superdome. It was like a two-lane football game. Hey, uh, Harper, <laughs> you used to buy your tickets at the Superdome, or did you go to Ticketmaster? No. I mean, my dad would just, you know, show up and just buy it okay. there. All right, okay. Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah, I, I really, Silver, I really don't know. Like, I could have sworn was, and- when my... Well, my mom got them tickets. She got them. I remember you triggered my memory because I used to go to Lake Forest all the time because every girl I dated lived in New Orleans, lived in New Orleans East. And I used to always be at the Lake Forest Mall on the weekends. And I bought Leonard Hagler closed circuit tickets there from April of 87 at the Maison Blanche. Uh, The UWF Superdome show in April of 87. That was Chris Adams and Terry Taylor versus Sting and um, Steiner. Right and um, this this uh when the Road Warriors beat the the uh the Midnight Express for the tag team titles, I got him. I got him. I used to always go there to get the tickets. It was Mason Blanche. You say it's Dillard's now. That's why it triggered my memory. Yeah. Well, it 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 was it it in the Maison Blanche in the Plaza Lake Forest Mall ended up becoming Dillard's near the end. But I don't know if it was. I, I don't remember what point it did before the plaza. You know, I don't know if you know this, but that mall was demolished after Katrina. You told me during Katrina, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, it's I like remember, a walls now. I remember Maison Blanche because the one downtown 
back in the 80s? Was that Maison Blanche or Dillard's? There was also one downtown. The I think one that was on Maison. Porges, by the, the, one, the one going towards the Superdome. Right, right, right. Near, near Canal Street. Yeah, what the hell was that called, Mike? That little I'm mall. Pretty... They, I think it's still there. Canal Place. Yeah, yeah. but what was the, the... Was it a Maison Blanche or a Dillard's down there back in the 80s? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Um... I swore my mom got tickets from Sears, but man, I, I like I said, I was a kid, well, man. Where, I, I, where is the Sears in New Orleans? Or where was it back then? It was at oh, that they, mall. It, well, they had two. They had one in Gentilly Woods, Harper. I know you don't remember that because you didn't come in that neck of the woods back then. I know. <laughs> and then they moved it. And then they moved it to the plaza. Sears moved from the Gentilly Woods Mall to the plaza, Lake Forest Mall, for people who okay. don't know. Okay. Uh, All right, okay. We're speaking in we're speaking in tongues to the international and the the, the audience out there not from South Louisiana, uh, as we talk about that. So um, we'll talk some wrestling now. Hey, I, my apologies if you're looking for a video version of this. This software has crashed six times on me as I was just trying to start the show and. Uh, I got Silva and Hopper here, so we're going to have to roll without it. But what I will do is I'll drop the YouTube version uh, on Patreon a few days early to make up for the fact that I can't get the video software to work. Um, I don't know what the hell it's doing. It's just a uh, pain in the ass. Um, it's been giving me problems for weeks now, though. So who knows? We'll figure it out, though. I just can't do it at this moment while trying to record the show. Um, all right. Y'all ready to get into this thing? I probably need to share my screen, huh? Yeah, go ahead. All right, Hopper, you you did want to say something. Why don't you say it as we're getting? Why don't you talk about it as I'm about to share my screen as we start talking about March 25th, 1989? You were about to give me an example or an analogy of something as we were starting. Uh, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. Yes. What they're doing. Yes. Go go ahead and go ahead and and enlighten us because Hayes is about to take over as the quote unquote color commentator here, and you had some thoughts on that as we're getting into this week's show. Remember when Coca-Cola came out with Powerade to compete against Gatorade, right? Mm-hmm. And Pepsi's like, oh, well, well then we got to do the same thing. So they came out with fucking All Sport, <laughs> which was Pepsi's answer to Powerade. It was their Gatorade. Where the fuck's that at? And, and, and that's what this is like. How If fucking Coca-Cola comes out with something, Pepsi comes out with their own version of it just to copy them because they're the bigger fucking company. Mm -hmm. And this is the same fucking shit. Same fucking shit. Meaning that who's, who is he cop? Who are they copying? What Michael Hayes right now? They're copying fucking uh, Jesse Ventura. Like, okay, well we need a heel commentary guy because they do it. that's, That's a good point. Now I know Mike's about to say, and Harper remembers too. Michael Hayes was a tremendous color commentator with the UWF. Yes, that's what I was gonna like. My thing here is this worked in the UWF, but it doesn't work on Saturday night, and I can't explain why. All I know is it worked in the UWF. They were better in the UWF together. However, in the NWA and on Saturday night, Hayes on commentary is exhausting he's way over the top for me that's just my personal thoughts i i don't know what what do you think uh, he's hogging screen time too yeah he's basically shooting promos (laughs) the whole time yeah the whole time so 
this is what happens in what Hopper's talking about is they kick off the show, the show opens up, they show a replay of Michael Hayes turning on Luger and then Luger getting beat down. And then JR welcomes us Look to the show. He introduces shit. us to the new <laughs> co host. Which what is this nineteen eighty nine, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He comes out looking like evil fucking Knievel. <laughs> he should he's be only, on a motorcycle. He's only twenty nine at this time, though. And he looks much older. <laughs> yeah. In 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 six years, he's gonna be Doc Hendricks. Believe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing when you think about that. He's about to be Doc Hendricks, but they bring him out. Like, I was like, that's Michael P.S. Hayes. Yeah. Why is he calling himself that? And man, he got fat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny because Jr. introduces us to his new color commentator, Michael Hayes, and then. Hayes says it's not just for this week, it's every week. And Hiro Matsuda also introduces Hayes, which I guess since Hiro bought Hayes, now you know how it feel when somebody trying to buy you. Oh, by the Two way, I want to bring this up. You uh, you do, but he does sound like the cartoon junkyard dog from the wrestling cartoon, the Shit. WWF cartoon. But guess, guess who did the voice, though, Mike? Who did the voice? Uncle Phil. Oh really? Uncle he, Phil was the was the junkyard dog, James Avery. He wow. did a bunch of voices. He was he was Shredder. He, but he 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 did the junkyard dog, and that's who you sound like, Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I never realized that was Uncle Phil. That's yeah. Uncle Phil, yeah. That's Uncle Phil. He did Phil. a bunch of cartoon voices. Oh, uh, rest wow. in peace to James Avery. But I love that man. He was a tremendous he was the glue to that show. That show doesn't work without Uncle Phil. You got another guy playing up. Yeah, that Uncle Phil was a. You needed Uncle Phil for that show. He no was doubt. the perfect straight man for the clown that was Will Smith. Yeah, That's right, absolutely. Uncle Phil. Remember the fucking <laughs> dude. Like my favorite episode is the one where they when a guy with the pool shark. Yes. Yes. That's my favorite yes. fucking episode. And Uncle Phil says, Uncle Phil says, give me Big Bertha or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And he ends up, yeah, and he ends up he ends up winning all the money back. Good stuff. That was a hell of a show. All right. So we go to the first match on this week's show. We got the Midnight Express. They defeat Chance Myers and the Raider. I don't have anything else from it. Hopper, do you? No. Silva? Nah. Nah. Just yeah. your 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 Yo, Michael Hayes once again already going into business for himself. Oh my God! Because you see the difference between the difference between this Michael Hayes and the Michael Hayes from UWF and Jesse Ventura, which he's definitely trying to be like, like opposite. Ventura would not rip. Ventura would call it down the line when it was a good team. Like I could see Ventura with the Midnight Express saying, "Oh, this 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 is a great tag team." And Hayes would do that in the UWF. Here he's overdoing. He's overselling it. Oh. Uh, they do a lot of t- no, please. Uh, I'm already sick of him. Two minutes into the program, I'm already sick of Michael Hayes, and I know it's going to get worse. Oh, it that's that was my point at the beginning. It's over the top. It's just he um he exhausts you as the color commentator. It's just, dude, can we give it a rest? It's and it's I guess it smacks us in the face because we have Magnum for a few weeks. And, yeah. Well, he's still know, around, Ma- though, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Magnum, yeah. Magnum stays around for a long time because yeah. when Watts takes over in '92, Magnum is still there doing color commentating on on the on the main event show. Yeah, and, and with Magnum, Magnum's so like straight laced and quiet, and you know all those things where it's just like he's just calling it down the middle, and Magnum actually right. does a good job. And then you get Hayes that just comes in, and you're like. Oh my God, my brain's about to explode. This dude won't shut up. I think I know why this happened. This is this guy's about to get fired, but the booker at this time is George Scott. Yes. And George Scott pushed Michael Hayes heavily in Georgia. And he introduced the first national, the first national here color heel color commentator was not Jesse Ventura. It was Roddy Piper on Georgia in 1981. George Scott brought him in. Yeah, and George Scott is almost on his way out the door because Corny and the Midnight actually leave for a little while in a month yeah. or two because of George Scott. And then they come back thinking Jim Hurd's going to save the day. And, well, there's more to come when we get to that point. But, no, but Jim, Jim, Jim. But George Scott's the booker. Jim Hurd's the boss right now. George, after George Scott leaves, you have a booking committee consisted of Kevin Sullivan, Eddie Gilbert, Rick Flair, and then Cornette when Cornette comes back. But Jim Jim Hurd is their boss. Well, right now, yes. But but that's what I'm saying. Once Scott's gone, Corny thinks, all right, well, I'll deal with this guy Hurd. And little does he know he finds out that he doesn't want to deal with him uh, uh, on a daily basis. But for now, let's go to Lex Luger. I think Luger cuts a decent promo here. He's going to talk about... Um, a few things that went on and Hayes and doing what he did. And then we're going to go to Michael Hayes right after that. So first off, uh, here's Luger. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see the varsity club in action in just a few moments here on World Championship Wrestling. But before we do, uh, I caught up with Lex Luger just a few days ago. He was down in Albany, Georgia at a big event. Asking him to make a few comments. He's really got his hands full with a lot of things. Yeah, with me. And who else? And Ric Flair. Nature Boy Ric Flair <laughs> and Michael P.S. Hayes. On the same side. Yeah, and that's something I would never have believed would have happened. <laughs> well, I want to tell you something, fans. I want to hear Michael Hayes' side of the situation and about this Japanese influence. But uh, right now, let's listen to these comments from the United States heavyweight champion. I'm here in Albany, Georgia, for another U.S. title defense. I said I'd be a fighting champion, and that's what I'm doing here right now. Out here every night, busting money, you know what? I said I'd take on all contenders, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Now there's an inner stench, there's a rotten smell in the fort of professional wrestling. If I'm a little ticked off right now, I think I have good reason to be. Now his name, let's go right to the top where it starts, and his name's Ric Flair. Now Ric Flair, you said you'd never wrestle me again. Well now the roles are reversed. I've got a belt right now, and I'll challenge you right now on national TV. And let's put it this way. I'm mad enough to challenge you. Are you mad enough to beat me for the U.S. title? I'm telling you to come and get it, nature boy. Prove to me you are what you say you are. Now we got Barry Windham, Matsuda. There's a conspiracy going on sport professional wrestling. They believe that the sport revolves only around themselves. They want no one else to be able to step into the sunlight. This one here. This U.S. title means so much to me and all the great fans who have supported me to get this belt. 
shows that there is room on Sunday for somebody besides yourselves. Now, Michael Hayes, you just sold out, brother. I don't know why it's involved. I don't know all the details. I don't know whether it's money, but you just lost a lot of respect from the wrestling world and all the fans out here. And worst of all, I hope you enjoyed what you got on me. I hope you felt each blow. Because, brother, they are going to return double full when I get my hands on you. You will have to wait in line for a U.S. title defense from Lex Luger. I won't be hiding. I'll be waiting for bells on for you, Michael Hayes. And this, the people right here, the belt right here, and this right here. All right, Harper. Uh, I thought Luger was pretty good there. I mean, he doesn't say anything shocking. It's meat and potatoes, but I thought he was really good there. Uh, what did you yeah, think? It's not bad. I mean, he didn't think he didn't say anything spectacular, but yeah, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there. I thought it was great from that standpoint. Um, nothing spectacular, but I'll take it. He was fired up. He sounded good. He made his points. Didn't go on too long. I thought it was good stuff. Uh, Silva, what did you think? Your, your your basic promo. He outlined everything. Solid, very solid. Yeah, I, I agree. So, with that said, we're gonna go to Michael Hayes now, who's now got a response, I guess, for Luger, and um, you know, he's gonna also tell something to one of the audience members here in the uh, studio. Here it is. I think he, he he summed it up quite well, Michael, saying you sold out. What's this all about? This Japanese influence, anyway. Why did you do that? Why did you take the money from Mr. Matsuda in the first place? What's it to you? Well, what's it to me? What what did Lex Luger ever? What did he ever do to you? Let me explain something to everybody right now. Lex Luger, if you ain't smart enough to figure out. That if we wanted to have taken you out, Jack, we would have. You understand that? You know me well enough. If I wanted Lex Luger out of professional wrestling, he'd have been out. You were just a victim of circumstance. Because now, for the first, you shut up before I put my foot down your throat. For the first time ever, the Yamasaki Corporation has put together a unit an all-star team with components and with the talent that nobody said that people could put together. Barry Windham, Kendall Windham, Hacksaw Butch Reed, and Michael Hayes, and Ric Flair, all on the same side. And what that basically means, punk, is we run the NWA. You understand? If you don't like that, if you can't live with that, and that goes for you, that goes for Sting, that goes for anybody that don't like it, then I suggest you pack your bags and go wrestle for some other organization. You know, I hear there's some that you don't even really have to wrestle that hard. Such is not the case here. What the case is, Jack, is we will dictate and we will tell you exactly what's gonna happen. And if you don't like it, then get out. Now he talks about, I lost the people's respect. That's right. Give me a break. Let me tell you something. I am your leader. And if you ain't got the brains enough to follow me, 
I never needed you in the first place. That's not how I got where I was. It was not by fan support, was it? Certainly was, and you don't That's have it now. That's right, either. and I don't have it now because I don't need it now. You know why? I got Japanese influence. Yeah, and you got their money too. All right, fans. Lex Luger's not packing his bags. You know what? Lex Luger's also not here, is he? He made a statement. He wasn't yeah. scheduled to be here. Was I in Albany? No, right, I don't he, want... he's, he's avoiding me. All right, well, he, I, no, he's not avoiding me. Ladies and gentlemen, the Varsity you. Club should be on their way to the ring momentarily. Kevin Sullivan. I love Jim Ross rolling his eyes behind Michael Hayes' back. Silver, what'd you think of Hayes right there? I, 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 Jim Ross is the highlight of this promo. Michael, yeah. Michael Hayes being a blowhard. But I, I love the intro with Jim Ross checks. It was like, oh, you, you love Jim Ross. Michael Hayes, I mean, he's... Oh, what we ten minutes into the program and he's talked for eight of it. Come on. Yeah, really, huh? <laughs> it well, is 15, his show. What'd you say, Harper? It is his show. Uh, we're fifteen minutes in and he's been talking for ten of them. Yeah. Yep. Now. Yep. In fairness, he is the one on the microphone with Jim Ross, but he's st- he's still talking. Uh hey, uh, real quick, because uh, I know somebody will say this. Well, why is it okay for Lex to tell an audience member to shut up and and whatnot? Well, because when Dusty did it, he's supposed to be your lead babyface, and your lead babyface should not be yelling at the audience and calling ladies in the audience fat and whatnot. So that's why, if anybody's curious, uh, he definitely should not be doing that. But you know, I thought I thought that was actually one of the better things that Hayes did right there was yelling at an audience member to shut up. That was getting on his nerves. Oh, that was the best part of the promo. Yeah, besides um, Jr. rolling his eyes and checking uh, Michael Hayes on that one. So, interesting stuff. All right. So, we go to the next match, or the uh, next match on the show. It's uh, Dr. Death and Kevin Sullivan, the two members of the Varsity Club. They defeat Dwayne Bruce and Bob Emery. Dr. Death has Bruce on the ground at one point locked up, and Sullivan comes in and just kicks him in the face a few times. This was... Um, <laughs> Sullivan, let's just say this, we may have been working a little bit stiff. Uh, Harper, I'll go to you first. Any thoughts? Yeah, he did kick him in a fucking face. Jesus, kick did he? Kicked him hard, which he does, which he deserves, because I heard he used to brutalize the students out in the power plant. So he deserved that shit. <laughs> what you're saying is, years earlier, when he got kicked in the face, before he did that at the power plant, he got what he deserved. Yeah, Kami, because you heard you heard the stories, right, Mike, about how he treated the students at the power plant years later. Uh, uh, yeah. What was that, Sergeant Sergeant Butterly Parker? Yeah, he would had a reputation, I think, for making guys puke pretty good. So yeah, um, it's pretty pretty good stuff. But man, I was trying to wait to get to it. I don't, I didn't write the timestamp down of at what point Doctor Death ties him up. But man, Doctor Death's got him tied up, and Sullivan just kicks him in the face it's like holy shit that was pretty damn rough but they they worked this entire match stiff they beat the hell out these guys yeah oh yeah they 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 were relentless um hopper any other thoughts before we keep going a little earlier in the match they do a double close on i was like when the last time you saw someone do that and they didn't duck good point that was just a second ago when they did it yeah we were watching it uh, is this the point when he ties him up? I'm trying to wait to get to it because it is. It's. I vicious, think it's coming man. up. This might be it right here coming up. Yeah, yeah. I think this is. 
Doc's working the arm right now. He's just cranking it on it. He's cranking it on it like um here it comes. Steven Javorski cranks on himself. I think this is himself. it right here. Yeah, this is it right here. right here. He, okay, so he's got him in this he's got him hold. completely tied up. He tags him tag. in. Tag. Here it comes. There we go. <laughs> 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 it's like back in Smoky Mountain when he when he pulled out that spike. Yep. 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 <laughs> Oh man, Jesus Lord. Um, but anyway, so again, Sullivan, Doctor Death, they pretty much win with ease. And um, any other thoughts, Sil, before I go to the next promo? Nah, go to the next promo. You good? All right. So, oh, I got a lot to say about this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the Danger Zone with Cougar J and Randy Rose. Now, if you remember, Randy Rose was supposed to be gone, but I told everybody out there listening to us when we were doing the show, the Patreon show, on that pay-per-view, I said, yeah, he'll be back, but <laughs> so here it is. Randy Rose is back. Uh, let's go to the Danger Zone right now with Paul Lee and Secret Service Jack Victory. Enter the Danger Zone, you know? Come on in, man. For the... You know, for the past couple of weeks, I don't need this chair today, Secret Service. You know, for the past couple of weeks, I've had some people out here that just show no respect. So I brought out Cougar J, and you know, you are a very talented young athlete. And plus, I can eat the guy up on TV. And anyway, you are one of the true up-and-coming superstars in professional wrestling to... Randy, how are you? Randy, it's Randy Ravishing Randy Rose from the original Midnight. What are you doing here, man? Hey, you, you know, you know we're on, we're rolling, we're on TV. I've been you trying know. to contact you, Paul, but I've, I've been trying to contact you too. No, 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 no. I left messages with your secretary. I called everybody. I can't contact you, so I figured that this would be the best. Yeah, you got good news or what? Yeah, I got great news. You got great news. You got, you got great news. Like yeah. you got a job or something, right? You're driving a cab. I've been watching all your jokes too. They're, oh, real, and they're and real funny. And they're all jokes. That's yeah. all they are. But my my pal, I got some real good news. Paul. What? My lawyers got me reinstated in the NWA. I'm back. You're back? I'm back. You're back yeah. in the NWA? They found loopholes. They found He's loopholes. back in the NWA. That's great. Hey, who's your manager going to be? Who's my manager? Who's your manager going to be? Hiro Matsuda? Gary Hart? Who's your manager going to be? Well, you, of course, man. Me. I'm going to be his manager. Randy. You blue star. You blue star, kid. You blue shy town rumble. You've lost on two live pay-per-views. I ain't gonna manage. Jack has never lost. You're a loser. What do you I ain't mean? gonna manage. Oh. Tell you what you do. We went through two years together, up and down the road. What do you mean? You want me to carry you again, right? I lost in Chi-Town Rumble to protect your career. You I put are... my career on the line and jeopardized my career for your career. Yeah. You want me to come again and, I lost and carry my career, you? And I had to go through the trouble to get reinstated. You didn't do nothing about it. You didn't even return my calls. What do you mean? So what do you want me to do? Huh? Cry over spilled milk? Huh? You want me to cry over spilled milk or something? Huh? You want me to come in and say, oh, I feel sorry for you? Huh? What do you want me to do, Randy? Huh? What do you want me to do for you? Like I said, I lost to save your career. Take 
I don't know what Paul's saying or what the crowd is saying that they're silencing, but um, there you have it. Uh, Sylvia, you said you had a lot to say about they this. They bleeped so, them a uh, lot at the end. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Well, what did you what did you have, Silva? You said you had a lot to say about this segment as uh, Jack this, Victory hit the piss out of Randy Rose. This, since he started this segment, this has been, and Harper mentioned about Michael Hayes ripping off Jesse Ventura. Paul Lee, since he started this segment on Saturday night, WCW Saturday night, this is total, complete ripoff of Piper's Pit. He even tries to sound like Roddy Piper. Oh my God! You know what I mean? Oh, you get that on the job. He he is doing a Roddy. This I remember this from back then. This is a total Roddy Piper ripoff, and it's annoying. And Paul Lee's a great promo, but here is just too too much like Piper. Now with the bodyguard, his 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 ace, his ace, Jack Victory. The good point. Um. The Danger Zones ain't doing it for me yet. That, that that's that's kind of where I'm at. I just, I mean, the first one with Flair was kind of. Uh, then he had Lex and Dog and 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 it, now this and I'm just like, he's, eh. he's 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 copying Piper. He's trying to be Piper's pit instead of beating Paulie dangerously. This is a typical. This was a tip. This if you guys remember when Roddy Piper had uh Frankie Williams on. The jobber and he beats him up. This is yeah. the same shit. I I would just want to know if y'all caught Jack Victory hitting Randy Rose in the back of the head with that phone. Yeah. yeah he, he broke. He he almost broke it in half. Yeah. He broke his South Central Bell fucking cell phone. His <laughs> <laughs> his fucking GE cordless phone. Yeah, yeah. That shit was a weapon back then. You could really hurt somebody with that shit. <laughs> You could. Uh, Harper, what did you think about all this? And again, the fourth edition of the Danger Zone. I'm thinking think how many people had this real conversation with fucking Paulie. I've been trying to call you, man. You know, uh, I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to call you, man. You know, oh, I don't know. I, don't know. I must have missed a call. Art imitating life. Yeah, for real, huh? <laughs> Paul. Yeah, because in real life, Paulie would answer the phone and 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 pretend he was his roommate. Oh, Paulie's not here right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have somebody call you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Corny said that a lot of people said that back in the day. If you were trying to get Paulie, if he owed you money or whatever, he he, he would he'd pretend to be his roommate, Carlos or something. <laughs> <laughs> Bully not here. I uh, uh, leave message. <laughs> uh yeah. It 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 wasn't anything. I I don't know. There's so well, many at things. They, at least they explained. At least they explained why come back into the NWA. Not like Jack Victory, who just shows up out of anywhere. There's actually an explanation. He says his lawyers got his uh ban overturned. 
at least they showed there, there was some type of realism there. Other than that, we didn't need this because he's a jobber for the rest of his run in, in NWA WCW. Yeah, pretty much. He's got they. He he ends up having like a, I'll call it a mini feud with Jack Victory because I think they're gonna have some matches on Saturday night. But uh, yeah, yeah that's you're the, right. That's that's a job. That's a job against a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have like this. Uh, like I said, I, maybe feud isn't the right word. They have a spat. <laughs> let's let's call it that. <laughs> um, but it's just it's the danger zone has been. Um, hasn't even been a cautious zone at this point. It's been a lame zone uh, so far. Um, Harper, any other thoughts on the danger zone right here? Good Lord. No. Ranger Ross and Max MacGyver do battle. Ranger Ross there you go. Eh, wins. Harper? America. <laughs> any know. other thoughts? I don't know. Look, look, look who's there. Arishik! I come to ring to watch match. Watch Ranger Ross, who I going to humble, break back. I break his back. I humble him. He no have big cock. I have big cock. I show broads. I show rats. I humble him. I take all his rats. Okay. Uh, Ranger Ross wins. I got nothing from it. Hopper, you got anything else? No. Oh, Sheik came out. He, that's why you heard Sheik's voice. Sheik's walking around the ring with the uh, Iranian flag. Uh, any other thoughts, Silva, on uh, Ranger Ross? Right oh, there? By, the, by the way, I got to give credit to Doc. He brought up a fact that is true. Ranger Ross, uh, like five years after this, was a bank robber. He would he would ride a motorcycle and rob banks in the, in, in, in um areas throughout Georgia. He, he That's to, fucking crazy. He was a bank robber. <laughs> now here's a decorated soldier. This was a shoot. He was a decorated soldier. Did get a medal of honor from Ronald Reagan. He was he he served the Grenada, and, which made which would have made this feud make sense had 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 he not been so damn horrible in the ring. But here is a decorated soldier. It reminded me of uh, the movie Dead Presidents, where uh, Lorenz oh, yeah. <laughs> is a decorated soldier, and he winds up robbing a bank and going to jail for the rest of his life. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. wow, did they copy this from Ranger Ross? <laughs> uh, and also, but he did turn his life around and does a lot of good in the community out in Georgia and is a ordained minister. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so he did turn his life around from bank robber to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's nice. But All he, right. He was, he was horrible. I, you know what? He to me, he's a poor man, Savannah Jack, with that with that savant kick. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good comparison. He, it's just he doesn't do it for me. I don't know how else to say it. It's like yeah. some guys have he's it cool. and he, he doesn't have it. He's cool, and they try, and they push him hard the next couple of uh, weeks, and it's not working. It's not working. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't I mean, fall hey, flat Harper, on his. Hey Harper, remember at the Superdome where he 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 came from the ceiling? He, he, yeah, uh, he came off the fucking. Uh, <laughs> it, it was against uh, what's his name that we just saw? <laughs> yeah. The fucking secret agent guy. Agent yep. Jack, 
three years. <laughs> it came down and, on a fucking grappling hook fucking thing. And he beats victory in like less than a minute. He yeah. beats him real quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that match was on the actual telecast. I, I remember sitting there and someone was like, you know, Ranger Ross is going to come off from a cable. I was like, how do you know? He, he, he comes down off the fuck with his parachute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, he came down from the fucking cable. Like, hey, like he's... Seven years before Sting, he came yeah. out from the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, he came down from the rafters in the Superdome in front of 1,100 people or however many That's it was. fucking crazy, huh? <laughs> Imagine how much that fucking bill costs. We we gonna we gonna talk uh, like uh, um when we do the the clash review. Uh, that didn't even pay the water bill for the fucking day. Wait, no, you don't know. The fucking toilets. There's a great point you, that that I want to break. break. You breaking up, Silva? The last they've mentioned the clash. They they mentioned the clash, but they haven't mentioned a single match on the clash. They're not promoting the matches on the clock. Just, oh, we'll be raging changing at the Superdome. That's it. Yeah, it was not well promoted, mentioned, whatnot. Um, it, it just was not well done. We're going to talk about it during the clash. I know we're saying, you know, a little over a thousand people were there from. I got to look at my notes because I wrote some notes down about it a couple months back. I was I was I was just kind of reading about the reading up more about the 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 low attendance and i don't think they sold 500 tickets to be honest that's I think, fucking crazy yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I think i think harper and i bought four of the 500 tickets that were sold because a lot yeah. of free I, if i had known harper that they were giving out free tickets i would have went and found them yeah, yeah they, gave out, they gave out they gave out there was more people in the, in the dome that were in there for free than that paid right they gave out like 900 tickets, some ungodly number I they gave out. More than that, because I think there was about 4,000 people there that day. But, no, know, there wasn't. I'm telling you, I looked it up recently. There was like 1,500, um, and they gave away like 1,000 or something like that. I, I got I, it. I, I, think it I, Mike, I think it was more than that because you, you've been to the Superdome, and the Hopper was there that night, and the Hopper's been to the Superdome before. Oh, the ringside was full, and ringside is more than 1,100 people. I don't know, Silva. You could fill up ringside chairs and still be at only like six hundred. I don't. I, I, I'll look it up. We're gonna talk about it during the clash, but let me tell you what it was. And Harper, you ever notice how dark it was in, in the fucking arena that day? Yeah. It was super dark. <laughs> it was super. You know, so you couldn't see you, which was done by a. It was completely dark, so you couldn't see the empty seats. <laughs> I'm I'm looking it up now because I'm trying to remember what they did. Okay, okay, did no, no, no. You're you're right. You're right. You're right, Silva. You, you're well. No, that's not it. Hold on. This is the wrong one. Hold on. Let me. I'm 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 trying to look it up. Because that was 1989. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. All right. So let's see. Um. Okay. You you're you are right. I got my numbers wrong. They they had 5300 i believe the number is they gave away or there was only like 1000 bought of the 5300 jesus Christ. i wish i could i wish i could have got some of those free tickets man damn holy yeah. shit yeah so you're I right so you're right you're right 5300 they didn't promote they didn't promote it even 
when I, we're watching the syndicated television in New Orleans on um Channel 26 because they had taken the UWF slot. It was a NWA Pro was on, and they would mention it, but they wouldn't mention the matches or anything. So how are you going to? Why would I want to come to a clash if I don't know who's wrestling? Yeah. Just because it's the clash of the champions, I want to go. And, and then and, we find out it's Flair Steamboat. Now I was going to go regardless, but you want to get the casual fan, and in New Orleans you need the casual fan. If they would have promoted it decently, you might have had ten thousand people there. Well, here, no, that's the funny part because the irony was Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed, which was a draw in that territory many years before that. Not even many years. I mean, just five years before that was was a draw in the territory. They wrestled each other that night. Now, it wasn't no classic like you had back they, in the day. They, they didn't push that on the syndication either. Right. When they, they never you know, mentioned when they, it. When they do the commercial breaks and coming come, come to the Superdome. And if that's the case, they could have easily had this in the fucking Lakefront Arena. Why why you bother with yeah, the Superdome? Yeah, for real, dude. It would have Because <laughs> the thing is, even if they did promote this shit... Correctly, they might have got ten thousand people. You're and right. That, right. But that you real. put it in the lakefront. Yeah, put it yeah, in the, the fucking municipal yeah. auditorium. You gotta tell me. Well, we will discuss more about the colossal <laughs> cluster muck that that was uh, when we get there, because uh, in a few weeks it, it it is it is a debacle. I, I, the I would are... love to see that bill. <laughs> God. <laughs> Damn, for that, Good Lord. just for that right there, they would be fired. And it was like a four-hour car, so you know. Well, 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 that's the thing. I think in the Observer, I think that was the final straw for George Scott, Silva. So he got fired the next day. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And that was his fault. you damn right it was. All right. Okay. Let's keep going because Shiki Baby is now at the oh, podium. Uh, oh, we'll this talk is more. Phenomenal! I love this. We'll... Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about the clash when we get to it in the, in the woeful attendance. But here's Shiki Baby and Michael Hayes at the podium. Look who I got here. Yeah, he's here. Why don't you interview him, Michael? You're like the, the un-Americans. You just do it. No, wait. I didn't say I was un-American, but I will give you know, as an American, you're supposed to be non-prejudiced, and I'd like to, as a true American, give you. Your time to say your point of view. You know, Mr. Michael Hayes, I come over here, like you said, not for a politician. I come over here for one reason, to show American wrestler, Iranian wrestler is better than American. For example, I heard Lara changing in NWA, and Ric Flair lost his belt to the young man, Ricky Stimboy, and another man, Lex Lugan, be the mother, another America. But remember, Lex Lugan, Ricky Stimbo, the Aaron Sheik is not American. I am from all this country. Hold it, hold it. I don't want to hold get this body. Ricky Stimbo, Lex Lugan, look at me. All right, that's, we've heard enough. I don't want to hear anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear from the hottest number in wrestling. We've heard enough from him. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Silva, what do you think about Sheik right there? The Sheik, the Sheik has been awesome since he's come back. Uh, he's been tremendous. I love the Sheik, man. He's the only one in the show getting heat. He's getting real heat. The fans hate him. They're screaming at him, but he can't wrestle anymore. He's done as a wrestler. 
He's got that fucked up gut, but on the on the mic, on the mic, he's giving it his all with the promos. He's getting the heat. He should have been somebody. They they should have paired him up with another uh, Arab, where he was the mouthpiece for that Arab. And I think it would have been a better program than him because he can't go anymore. They they needed um or or well they were paying him a lot. I don't know if this would have worked, but like he could have managed somebody and been the mouthpiece. Yeah, that's what I mean. He could have met another Arab, another yeah. uh, like an Iranian, another Iranian. They could have brought in somebody or or an Indian pretending to be Iranian or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. And he would he would have been he would have been great. Now they do something like this a few months later, and it doesn't ro- work because they give him the wrong guy to work with. But, uh, they should have brought in. They could have brought in a, a, another terrorist like uh, uh, a wrestler. And he would have been the the mouthpiece. You bringing somebody real, real big, huge, huge, and Jack while he did all the talking. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, Harper, your thoughts on Sheik right there? He was quick and to the point, but it was funny. Everything is it's just so dated. And this fucking shit now. Yeah, but it's, Sheik at least is entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's just... You got Sheik from the fucking 80s. You got Ranger Ross talking about fucking Grenada. <laughs> and then you got this other fucking guy with fucking Dick Murdoch that comes out breakdancing. I mean, I mean, everything about this is from like 1983, bro. 1983, You're right. 1984, yeah. And it's about to be 1990. <laughs> They're in a time warp. For real. There's another example of nineteen eighty four. Fucking Michael PSA is dressing like he's fucking evil Knievel or, or like a seventies fucking Elvis and shit. <laughs> Fuck man. I can tolerate Sheik. I get that it's dated, but I can tolerate it because I think I can de- tolerate think- Sheik because he's he, he's he, he's still the Iron Sheik. He's a name, you know. Fucking everyone knows he's the guy Hogan beat, and he's. You know, he's a big star. But for the most part, it's just like, man, it's like y'all in fucking Back to the Future. Uh, yeah, I hear you. And, and, and you know, just to, just to, just to piggyback a Harper's point, there's a reason why you see a time warp and it looks like 1984 all over again. Who was the booker in the WWF in 1984? Tell us, George Silver. Scott. George Scott. So he's trying to so recreate he's recycling. history. He look at the look at all the shit he's recycling. Yeah, I Jesse, know, bro. Jesse he's Ventura was his idea. Third, Jesse bro. Ventura was his idea. Roddy Piper was his idea with Paulie Dangerously. Look at all Iron Sheik. Everything he did. I, I don't know if he if he had evil Knievel, but he look at all this other shit. <laughs> he, he's, he's recycling the WWF from 1984. This senile old bastard. <laughs> well, speaking of things that aren't recycled, well, at least Ric Flair is still here, and he's going to yeah. cut a quick one before this next match, and then uh, we'll go to him again shortly. Here's Ric Flair. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on World Championship Wrestling. I'm about to be joined by Nature Boy Ric Flair and Mr. Matsuda. And. We're going to see uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in action, and I, I'm, I thank you for taking your time to come out here and provide the color commentary on this upcoming event. 
Anytime I have an opportunity to see the new world's heavyweight champion in action, you know I'm gonna do it, Jim. It's a great honor that Steamboat enjoys right now, but the bottom line is, he is gonna have the shortest reign of any world champion in the history of the NWA, because Steamboat, <laughs> sooner or later, pal, and I'm not talking about the two distant future, you've got to wrestle Ric Flair, and pal, you gotta do it again. <laughs> Woo! Well, fans, uh, I don't care if it's gonna be in Baltimore or New Orleans at the Raging Cajun Special, it's gonna be a big showdown, no doubt about that, and right now, let's Go to the Six ring. Times, Big Jim. Let's go. Six times the nature boy. Woo! Yeah, I just caught it, Silver. Something that I, I just caught. Um, it's March 25th. The clash is on April 2nd. And JR, through no fault of his, I'm not blaming him at all. No, he, he's taking he, direction from George Scott. Right. He's still saying, well, we don't know if it's going to be at Baltimore or at yeah. the New Orleans. Uh, but uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat uh, uh, may, may do battle again. Like, so they're a week away from the clash and not a single match announced. Yeah. yeah. Well, not only not a single match, but they're not the main even. Event. Yeah. Yes, they're not even talking Steamboat and Flair, which you is the what, second you, match. You know what George Scott's excuse was? Yes, I do. It had to do with, well, he didn't want to give it away on TV, so he didn't want to mention it because right. you still had, you know, in his house, mind, it was like, I need the house shows to draw. And we can't have that being the, that match on television. Even though they knew they were going to do it, it all had to do with his philosophy around house shows when at the time the business was kind of changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, so I thought Flair was good there. Now, right after Flair, um, they they go to Ricky Steamboat versus Snake Brown. This guy is just comical looking. Now, you got you, the Snake Brown. He died recently. Was oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, he was a like jobber. A mongoose got him. He was a jobber throughout the seventies and eighties for all the Georgia uh, Indies and for both the old Georgia Championship Wrestling. He, he, he for years and he was always this maniacal looking guy. I used to always laugh when I saw this motherfucker. <laughs> he looked like like y'all said, like he was on fucking LSD or some shit. <laughs> He he, Harper. He looks like meth is a food group, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Snake, um, Brown. Snake Brown. So during this match, um, this is from Albany, Georgia, by the way. This is in the studio. Uh, my only notes from this are from the commentary from Flair. I thought Flair did a good job of putting Steamboat over on commentary. Flair talks about how Steamboat has those great chops and how effective Steamboat is. It's great because. You know, he's building Steamboat up, in which he should. I mean, he's the champion right now. And back then, you know, if I build this guy up and then I go in there and defeat him, well, then I look better. So it was it was fine. I, I actually really liked Flair on commentary right here, unlike Michael Hayes. Steamboat does win with a crossbody off the top, as you'd expect. Harper, do you have anything from it? No. Uh, Silva? Ah, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, crowd seems kind of dead. Yeah, they were. Well, I mean, Snake oh, Brown. It's not one like, thing I do want to mention. I do want to mention, you notice, no, the 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 wife and kids not coming out anymore with Steamboat. Thank God. <laughs> I made Hopper mad when he would do it. Yeah, uh, I did. I, I I I well, I notice it here, but 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 at the clash, it's a different story. 
Uh, come on, don't remind me, man. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> after the match, um, Steamboat does cut a quick promo. I'm not going to play it. He says he's a fighting champion. Anyone who wants a shot at the title will get it. Uh, it's actually a little hard to hear what he's saying because they're on the house mic and it that those things aren't really made for they weren't made. Oh my god, bro! What's that? It's just weird when he's on the fucking house mic. Yeah, you can't hear it. It's yeah, very low. It's very it's low. It's a TV company. Yeah. It. Say it again, Hopper. It's a TV company. It's a TV company. And he's talking on the fucking house mic like he's gonna. Uh, what, like he's doing the morning announcements in, in fucking homeroom. <laughs> like like he's on the like he's on the microphone at Grace King High School. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Harper, please report to the assistant principal's office. Christopher. <laughs> Christopher Harper, please report to the principal's office, please. Christopher Harper, please report to the principal's, principal's office. And you sitting in the classroom like. Well, they kids, they said it kind of low. Maybe I don't have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's on the house, Mike. You can't really hear it. Uh, you could hear he said he's a fighting champion, but that's about it. So, with that said, let's go to Flair now. He's going to cut a promo after the match. He's got something further to say. Here it is. So we have is basically just a few days away from that big showdown. We're basically days away from to, to see who the world's heavyweight champion will be. You're a little tongue-tied, aren't you there, Jim Ross? What you're saying is that Steamboat, who just spent the better part of three minutes trying to convince not only me, Jim Ross, Hero Matsuda, Ted Turner, but he also tries so hard to convince the wrestling public that he's better than the nature boy. <laughs> You know, Steamboat, I don't walk into anything in this sport without a backup. The contracts are signed. You have got to walk that aisle again, champ. <laughs> you have got the inevitable task of having to beat the man again, to remain the man. Baltimore, New Orleans, woo! You know it's gonna be hot in New Orleans. Think about it, Steamboat. You gotta wrestle Ric Flair one more time. You have to beat the man one more time. And you can sit there and try as hard as you may to convince the wrestling fans, to convince the brass in this big organization that you are the most deserving champion, that you're wrestling for the people. That's why you won't win. I'm Ric Flair, and I wrestle for myself. I'm greedy. I got an ego bigger than Ted Turner's. That's right. And what I want, I go out and get. I don't care if your mama likes it. I don't care if they like it. I like it. And that's the bottom line. So Steamboat, plan on this. You have got this time to beat this kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-riding, jet-flying, son-of-a-gun that can have any woman in the world he wants just like that. I'm going to be styling and profiling. Woo! All right, fans, those comments from Nature Boy Ric Flair, and we'll have more in a moment. 
Well, I mean, that's a great promo. We just don't know if they're wrestling April 2nd or in Baltimore or what the hell. But it's still a good promo. Uh, Silva, what you got? Hey, um, this was taped the day, the, the day the morning before a great match had happened in Baltimore on March 18th, the week prior. This was taped. And they had gotcha. a spectacular match in Baltimore. And in that, that same day, they had a great match in Philadelphia. So you had Flair on TBS in the morning. Then I'm not sure which was in the afternoon or evening, but Philly and Baltimore. And according to uh, Dave, two five-star matches in one day, Steamboat Flair. So he wrestled them in Philly, wrestled Baltimore. Every house show was Flair Steamboat was the main event. Which would make sense. I mean, and yeah. it would make sense that that was, uh, those were, I mean, I'm not going to argue with Dave on those five-star matches. I'll argue with him up about his Young Bucks matches, but not uh, Fuck that, but those were real five-star matches. And, right. Uh, Harper and I attended one that was seven and three-quarter stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's a good thought. At the same time, they've got a clash in a week, and nobody knows what the hell is going on with the clash. Oh, so. oh, and, and, and they're talking around it. You see Flair with Baltimore, Philadelphia, right, whether it's right. Baltimore, but he's not saying where. Yep. Yep. And I could wrestle you in any of these cities. Meanwhile, he's wrestling them in all the cities. And what happened to the, <laughs> the, 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 the commercials in between where they give you the rundown of each city and who was wrestling? They don't do that. Shivani left when he took it with him to the WWF. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. I'm not, I gotta even look they at my original stuff. They don't play because I, gotta... I, I watched the original. They don't play that. Okay. I was trying to remember if they did. Um like Spam Slam. Yeah, yeah, Spam Slam. That was a great segment. They, they shouldn't have gone away with it. <laughs> no, that's you'll be, you'll be getting, Slam. You'll be getting the ruse moving a week soon. <laughs> yes, right. That's coming up, not not too far away. Uh Flair's promo was uh, was good. I mean, like I said, he tra- he's talking around where they're going to do battle because George Scott doesn't want to give it away on TV, even though that's what's exactly going to happen. Uh, the Samoan SWAT team defeats David Suber and Mike Justice. Before the match, Paulie introduces the Samoan SWAT team, and then it says Randy Rose got what he deserved. They show a shot of the phone uh, that is broken on the floor. Harper, any thoughts on this match or what? They're good, man. Yeah, they are. They're a good Very tag much. team. You know that's are- Rikishi, right? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, are I underrated. I don't know what happened to Samu, but they were a great young team. Now, can you fast forward to when he comes off the top rope and listen to this racist comment by Michael P.S. Hayes? Uh, is it is it the finish? It's the finish, yeah. Go to the finish. Right uh, a little bit before the finish. We hear this stupid ass. Let me see. I think it's coming up right here. Uh, is it? Let's see. For okay. sure, but there he goes. The big man, there's 300 pounds on the top rope. He, They have no fear. Oh, gosh, what a flying body. press on the replay. Go to the replay. He must have said it on the replay. All right, let's see. They're great. They can win if they can just figure out when it's over. The Midnight Express. Now see Tony Super. that's what he gets. You see that as they were finally getting up off of him. Super what? tried to hit him. Oh, you're, oh you're, come on. Your, your view is probably obstructed. Here Give we it. go. 300 pounds, fat two. Up on there like a monkey. Flying, elevated. Jesus. Higher than Jesus. Bobby Eaton or anybody. Ricky Steamboat. And here's the splash. Boom. 
that's nice. He sat up there like a monkey. What the? F that's nice. Oh well, uh, we all we all heard the rumors. Uh, I don't even think it's a rumor uh, of of his his persona in real life. Michael PSA, it's coming to the forefront here. Let me tell you, there's a lot of racism in wrestling, especially in the '80s. Hey, hey, shout out to Bruce Mitchell, man, for bringing it up. But I'm not gonna go political. But just shout out to Bruce Mitchell. If you don't know what I'm talking about, follow him on Twitter. But uh, right to the dead, they didn't bleep this. They bleeped the shit that he said a few weeks ago about the the C word and the J word. But they they don't bleep him calling this guy leaping off the ropes like a monkey. Come on, that was rough. <laughs> Sheesh. Oof. All right. Well, um, I'm surprised you didn't catch that the first time you watched it. I didn't, but I tell you what, I did catch. I caught what Cornette said right here. Oh, I, but you see, yeah, Cornette, though, Cornette, Cornette is. It, you could tell that he's joking when the way Michael Hayes says, says it, it. It sounds like true. Oh, coming off the <laughs> coming off the ropes like a monkey. Look at the monkey fly. Get the fuck out of here. God. Well, let's listen to Corny here. <laughs> All right, fans, we're back here. We've seen the Samoan SWAT team in action. What a tag team they are. And I want to tell you something. I'm, I've always been impressed with your team, Jimmy. I think they're one of the greatest teams in wrestling. But you really have your work cut out for you against the Samoan SWAT team in the mouth. You know what burns me up? I'll tell you what burns me up. Everybody's been reading about it in the newspapers. There's a foreign invasion going on. Well, now it's come to the NWA. And the fact of the matter is, there's a bunch of people in the NWA these days that just plain ain't got no business here. You got guys like the Russian assassins who came in. Russia's great. We love Russia. Well, we beat them at the last clash of champions and sent them back to their friend Gorbachev with the spot on his head. You got a guy like Hero Matsuda who hey, 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 hey. with dental floss coming out here trying to buy Flair, trying to buy Wyndham. Now he's bought Hayes just like the Japanese want to buy the whole country. That's your business, hey, but I don't like it. Okay, you got a guy like the Iron Sheik. A crackpot country like Iran sending the Iron Sheik over here. They sentence people to death for writing books. And they've already taken over the 7-Elevens and all the taxi cab companies. Now the Iron Sheik wants this country. And most recently, you got the Samoans. Two big, ugly, fish-eating freaks from Gilligan's Island slobbering and drooling all over the NWA. Managed by a guy from this country. Paulie Dangerously is an American. I'm ashamed to admit that, by the way. I got no problem with foreigners coming to this country. People from other countries that want an opportunity. But how come it is we never get the people that want to contribute? We only get the people that want to leech off of us or buy the place and take it home. Well, there's three southern boys right here that ain't going to let no Samoans run over them. We're going to take the Samoans. And, Polly, we're going to get to you one time or another. And I hope in the future the Midnight Express gets a chance to run the rest of these outsiders that don't belong around here out of the NWA as well. Here, here, I understand that. Famous last words. If you ask me, it sounds like the guy's worried and he's got something to be worried about. And he's talking about he don't like this and that. He's probably used to not liking something. Because a boy with that kind of face, how could you like anything? Well, those are you. Well, um, Cornette was on a roll talking about Iranians are taking over the gas stations and convenience stores. <laughs> Jesus let Lord. Me you, let me, he, he ain't lying. I live in Spanish Harlem. In the 1980s and 1990s, all the, you heard the term bodega. They were bodegas because bodega is a store owned by a, a, a Latin, a Puerto Rican, a Dominican, so forth. 
in my neighborhood, it used to be all bodegas run by Latins. Now, uh, I'm Sheik's people. <laughs> so he wasn't lying. Um, uh, and they own all the subways around here for some reason. They do in New York also. Oh, they do. really? They own all the subways. Yeah. Uh, did you all ever, you ever heard of a, a, of a fast food sandwich uh, franchise called Blippies? Was it, yeah. was it, did they ever come down? Okay. Until, until they, they they were before they were before Subway. Uh, they're all run by them as well. It's just it's just it's just crazy how Cornette brings that up. <laughs> he didn't say anything real bad about the Samoa SWAT team. It was that Iranian crack that was real. Like wow. <laughs> yeah, he 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 went off, man. He was, huh, damn. I mean, Corny's done that before. In fairness. Um, that wasn't as bad as what Hayes just said a second ago. Though. Oh, no, it's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, what's his name that got fired from, um, uh, oh, God, you'll remember this, Silva, I on uh, Monday Night Football when Coach Sells. Yeah. I'm a student of boxing. I'm a boxing historian. And Howard Cosell, greatest boxing announcer of all time, uh, was assisted Ali in his fight against uh, the Vietnam War and trying to get his status back as a boxer. He wasn't racist. And it was proven, because they showed in a HBO documentary years ago, him playing with his with his grandkids years before that incident happened. I think it was Charlie Brown, right, that was running down the sideline for the Redskins, right? Yeah. And he goes, look at that little monkey go. He was not using a racial epithet. They showed home footage where he was calling his grandkids little monkeys. Oh, 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 look at you little monkeys running around. That was some, a term of endearment that he said at the wrong at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, he he it was that was in the he I can remember it cuz I I remember it. He goes, "Look at that little, that monkey, little monkey go." go. In the way he said it, it just was like, "Oh, damn. I mean, I didn't think nothing of it as a kid, but um, I remember like years later, I was like, whatever happened to him? Cause you know, you young, you just don't really pay attention. Well, what, this, this happened around the same time that he was having problems with ABC because he wanted a sports, he wanted sports journalism to be out in the forefront. He was getting tired of the pomp and circumstance of sports entertainment. And, uh, right after that was the last season he did NFL Monday night football and the ratings yeah. dropped because the following season they had, a horrible team of Frank Gifford, the man who killed his wife and her lover, and uh, Joe Namath. And they were horrible. They were horrible. They were horrible. And then it, did, it didn't come back to life until Al Michaels and Dan Deardorff became the team on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and I wasn't even a Deardorff fan, but um, uh, But Deardorff right. was tremendous, though. Deardorff, I didn't like Deardorff as a person, but as a football commentator, Deardorff was solid. I mean, he was better than... Uh, the murder, the uh, the the butcher from Brentwood, and and um, butcher Jesus, and, and Joe Davis trying to sexually harass every woman while he's drunk out there. Fuck out of yeah, here. yeah, remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, what's her name that works Susie, for fucking ESPN? Yeah, Bruh, yeah. I was watching that game with a buddy of mine. I think I still lived in New Orleans at that time. Yeah, I was watching that shit live. I'm, I'm like, bro, he's fucking drunk. 
he, he himself. Dude, okay. he was drunk. He was lit. And he's looking at her with these like she, eyes. Like she's, a, like she's a Subway sub. <laughs> Bruh, he looked like... He was looking at her like she was a piece of meat. Oh he was like, oh, oh, Susie, you're so pretty. I could just give you a kiss. <laughs> and, like, you could see he's drunk, and she's playing it off because she's a professional. And she's trying her best to, like, keep her composure. She actually did keep her composure very well. It was tremendous. Even though she was being sexually harassed on television. She had a lawsuit if she wanted to. She never did. She could have easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Harper, you remember that? Yeah. I watched it live. I watched it live. <laughs> this fucking old drunk ass. <laughs> you a fucking pervert. With a woman young enough to be his granddaughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe. All right. Back to the wrestling we go. The great. They still can't oh, fix yes. the graphic. Now, the great this Muda. Was, this was the sink in 1989. The two best debuts in WCW were the great Muta, not Mota like this bullshit, and Terry Funk. They, you see the difference when these guys are wrestling than all these other new cats. This guy here, great Muta. They should have turned him face a year later. He was phenomenal. We, I fell in love with this guy right away. I was like, this motherfucker's phenomenal. Dave, in the Observer back then, every time he wrote about a match featuring the Great Muda, and I, I rate this match thing versus the Great Motherfucking Muda. He went right. Because <laughs> that's was... how sensational Muda was. No, you had never seen anything like him. Because I haven't saw to him, was when, Ty when I saw Tiger Mask wrestle at the Garden, MSG, back in 1982. That was the closest I ever saw somebody like Muda. Muda was just unreal. Muda was something else. But yeah. once again, the TV company, as y'all saw a second ago as we were watching it, great they Mota. still can't spell it right. They got it spelled the great Mota and not Muta. It does, his name in real life is Kiji Muto, M-U-T-O-H. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> TV company, Hopper. Yep. Fucking TV company. Um, but Muda defeats Jerry Price. They cut a quick promo where Hart talks for Muda. He's building up Muda. And honestly, he don't have to say much because Muda gets in there and the stuff he does in the ring does all the talking, to be to be frank. And Gary Hart's already a good talker, but I'm just saying it's just it's tremendous stuff. Um, I agree with you, Silva. Muda, we had not seen anything like it and seeing all the stuff he could do. We truly were in awe. Our eyes see, were open. You see those moves he made in this match, the handspring elbow and, yeah. and then that, that chicken wing finishing with with, with, with with he bridges. I never saw none of that shit before. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, he just was that damn good. There's the back the hand, handspring, yeah, the handspring back elbow. elbow. Yeah, I, mean, I mean he just was and I look at that now that now that shit makes Ranger Raw shit look like a cartoon right there, that kick he did. And then this Look at this. Nobody does this today. I would love to somebody use this as a finishing move. Hey, you much show bastards. Why don't you copy this? You want to copy everything else? <laughs> this shit is this this shit right here. This shit is dope. Oh, look I don't at even that. know. I don't even know what the hell to call that. I don't know what that move is. I, I, I don't know what it, it is. I would call it a bridge chicken wing. That's what I would call it. I, yeah, that, yeah. That's what he's, it looks like. 
Jerry Price is on his stomach. Muda double hooks his arms, flips over, and bridges. And it's a submission, so he doesn't win with the... So like Once again, he's not showing everything. He's doing some yeah, new be, stuff every because week. This, it's just great stuff. Gary Hart is booking uh, Muda. Yeah, and he's, and he's probably like telling... Because in real life, he's his real life advisor. And he's probably telling him, look, don't throw everything out there. We know you got a million moves. Let's... Let 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 this saute for a minute. Let it simmer. Yeah. Let it sizzle. And when it comes I, out, boom! You. I think I think he debuts the moonsault at the clash. Uh, Harbor, any other thoughts on Muda before we keep going? Zero wasted movement, man. Yeah, he's Every, just fucking perfect. Everything had a everything had a meaning to it. Yep. Yeah. None, 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 no, no crazy. I mean, he's got these high risk spots, but everything is done. It looks realistic. Oh mm-hmm. man, this guy was this guy was fucking sensational. One of my all time favorite wrestlers. Because yeah, in, in New Japan, he after he left after he leaves WCW, one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time out there in New Japan. He was tremendous. And of uh, listeners out there, have hardcore listeners. But you did. I, I would anything with him and Masachono with Hirohase on YouTube. Check it out. He and then he had a bunch of great matches. And y'all talking about Sting. He's gonna have a spectacular feud with Sting in 1989. For everybody out there who hates Sting, including uh Doc. Oh, Sting's promos are <laughs> luckily we didn't have to deal with that. Oh, this speaking, week. Of, speaking of Sting, there was a I, I saw a and um I'll give you the date for this on the July twenty-fifth, nineteen ninety-two, end up. It's right after he loses the uh, to uh, the title to Vader at at the Great American Bash at the '92 Great American Bash. He has a sit down with Tony Schiavone when they talk about it, him losing to Vader, and it is sensational. It is probably the best interview Sting ever cut up until that point. I would for those who hate on Sting, check that out if you get a chance. It's on the network, July 25th, 1992. They do is it is very similar to like a Why Wall of Sports interview with a fighter the week after he won or lost the fight. Sting problem with Sting was the promos. Um now I get that kids liked it, but th- that that was the problem with, with Sting. It, it just yeah. that was that was it. Other than that, I mean in the ring, I mean we saw what he could do with Flair. We've see we see what he does was able to do in big matches. I just, I feel like, you know, I, I got to be fair to Sting. It's the promos. It ain't the in-ring. It's the promos. It's during this era. Uh, he, he, he he had a lot of great matches with Flair, Vader, Muda. You know, the, yeah. the, the, list, the list the list is endless. He had a lot of great matches. Oh, there's a, um, there's, um, I was Super Brawl 3. Him and, him and, um, Vader. Jesus Christ. Oh, that, the, the White Castle of Fear match. Yeah. Oh, but before that. The Great American Bash 92, which I just mentioned. Starcade 92, which was a sensational match. And then the match you just mentioned, Super Brawl 3 in 93. Jesus Christ, they beat the piss out of each other. Yeah. Oh, or Vader beat the piss out of him. But um, let's keep going. We were not here all night. Uh, we go to, after Gary Hart and Muda cut a quick promo, we go to the match where the Varsity Club took on uh, uh, Steiner and uh, Rick Steiner and Eddie Gilbert uh, for the U.S. Tag Team titles. Now, 
we don't get the full match, and it's Dr. Death and Kevin Sullivan uh, representing the Varsity Club here. Uh, we don't get the full match. We only see some of it, but we end up seeing Eddie Gilbert roll up Kevin Sullivan, who was distracted by the beautiful Missy Hyatt. And out of nowhere, we get new U.S. Tag Team Champions, Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner. There you go. New U.S. Tag Team Champions. Uh, any thoughts on this, Silva? Um, I'm glad that they gave Steiner a belt. I wish they would have gave him back the TV title, but uh, that TV title around Rotundo's race is about to is about to go to somebody else. Yep. Somebody we, we just mentioned. Uh, yep. A solid match, and I'm glad to see Eddie Gilbert. And, and Eddie Gilbert is is attempting to set up the same stable he had in the UWF, the first family, with him, Missy. Yep. And they, they're going to call it the same thing, too. They're going to have a couple more editions uh, coming up soon. Yeah, they yeah. already are calling it the First Family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they're they're exact same name, First Family. So Except um, except they're a face group instead of a heel group. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so... And um, we, haven't, we haven't seen the, the Varsity Club interview yet. I want to mention why uh, Steve Williams is acting the way he's been acting the last few weeks, because he's been acting fucking maniacal. <laughs> yeah. Well... Oh, this is what we're gonna do. Let's go first. We got we got two more promos to play in this. Uh, oh, this episode. is a good promo. Eddie Gilbert cuts a good promo here. Yeah, let's go to Rick Steiner, Eddie Gilbert, Missy's High at first. Uh, this is this is this is them. Not after technically won the titles. They're they're in the studios with the titles for the first time. Let's hear what they got to say. And gentlemen, I want to tell you something. I know I've known you all for a long time. One thing about it, you had to fight very hard to get the opportunity to go for these belts. Sure and I know you're going to be fighting champions. That's something I think all the people are looking forward to. Well, Jim, you know, it was a long road to hold. When I went to Chattanooga, Tennessee one night as Ron Simmons' tag team partner against the Fantastics for these belts. Well, after that night, I thought, well, if I just have one more chance. And after all I went through out here with Barry Windham and Ric Flair, I kind of thought everything was going downhill for me. Then all of a sudden, the Savior here stepped in. The first family reunited. After he was robbed of his world TV title, it was a pleasure and an honor, I want to tell you now, to go in the ring as your partner and come out to U.S. Tag Team Champions. I also want to tell you, there was a lot of partying going on that night after we won the belts. I even want to tell you that Steiner did the big one. He went out and bought himself a new boat after we won the tag title. A new boat? A new boat. It's got a big red flag on a motor, and I put it in my tub, and it goes around and around and around and around. I just want to say right here, wrapping up. Is that I know the Samoa SWAT team with Paul E. Dangerously. I know also the Saka Hockey Corporation. Everybody's going to be looking for us. I just want the people to know. I want to thank everybody over here, everybody out there at home Saka for the support. That's it. We'll All right, the new United States Tag Team Champions and fans, I'll be talking with the Varsity Club right after we come back. Steiner is a fool. Uh, Harper, any thoughts? Bessie. <laughs> That's your only thought? Missy Hyatt, bro. Fuck Miss Elizabeth. Whoa. All right. Mm. Real classy of you. Um, yeah. Anything else, Hopper? With a big old fucking hair. Hmm. Like that, huh? Mm-hmm. Settle down over there. Right? Sounds like you got a... <laughs> Sounds like you got a tube of uh, divorce mm. crank-off lube. That's what I'm you doing do, right now. You still do her today, Hopper? <laughs> Uh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, she got that big hair too, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hopper mm, definitely Missy. wants a shot at Missy. Still, I'll, mm, Missy Hyatt. 
We all loved us some Missy. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, sounds like this is your Javorski crank off moment of the week. Mm, that's nice. That guy does nothing but crank off on the Facebook Darren. page. You could hear you could hear from Darren. Oh, go fucking Hopper. You jerk it off in the middle of the program. I wanna hear wrestling. I don't want to hear about you jerk it off. <laughs> what the hell, Hopper? I mean every single week I tune in. I know I told you I don't listen to the show. Every week I tune in and I wait for y'all to hear the talk. Yo, what did you talk about Bruno? You know what I mean? Talk about Bruno. Talk about Piper. But now, man, you'll sit there and you'll talk about this uh Steven Javorski character who likes to crank off in the middle of the show. I mean what the hell, Hopper? I mean what do you have some respect, nice. man? God can't wait to once the quarantine's over and once uh, we're we're past all of this with the virus i can't wait to go to a wildcat show so that uh darren can slap the piss out of me for uh, every single week uh it's all it's all loving games darren it's yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's all fun, um, yeah all right uh silva any thoughts on uh rick steiner you, at Gilbert do you notice that both their careers went went downhill after they got divorced in Gilbert and Missy. You know, they, that's funny. A year, a, year, a year from now, they get divorced, and she's buried on WCW until she quits in 93, 94, and he dies less than five years after they get divorced. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is like, I guess, technically, I guess you can call it Eddie's last run. This is his last, last great run. Last yeah. great, yeah, last great run. Um, they they actually break up. Missy actually tweeted this out because I had posted a picture on the Twitter on, on Twitter, and Missy, uh, I tagged Missy in it because it's a picture of Rick Steiner looking foolish, and then Eddie and her are there, and Eddie and Missy replied and said, "Look at that happy couple. It's a shame they'll be split up by the fall of '89. So like they're not oh. together. Damn, they don't even last longer. another year. Shit. Yeah." So uh, which, Missy, makes, which makes sense because in the fall of '89, the Steiners are no longer managed by Eddie Gilbert; they're only managed by Missy Hyatt. So that must have been all right. They broke up, and also Eddie Gilbert gets booted off the booking committee by Ric Flair. Damn. Yeah. So there you go. How things how things fall apart, and his career was never the same after. Nope. Things change quickly. That's for damn sure. Okay, let's go now to the Varsity Club. Uh, they're going to respond, I guess, to the Steiners in a way. Um, here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on World Championship Wrestling. It's a little bit chaotic here, I'll have to admit. We saw the United States Tag Team Champions just a few moments ago, Mr. Sullivan. It was quite a matchup, I must say. You know, you're the dean of professional wrestling, probably a sports casting, Mr. Roth. And usually, you're an impartial man. Did he or did he not pull me back by the tights? He did. He did. Okay, first of all, that's cleared up. Second thing is this. Sometimes when you lose something, you certainly gain something. And I've gained a lot. I've gained some momentum and some ideas. And Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner, you might have got a belt, but you're going to lose a lot more when you get with me in dark and return match. And the other thing is, I want to straighten this up real clear, Ross. And you've been an official for college athletes. Let's see who's the best college athlete in the NWA. Doc didn't go to a low-class school like Steiner. He went to Oklahoma, a school that's above board, a school that has never been on probation, a school that has clean record, and a school 
that pushes academics, not just athletics. They don't go out and bribe kids to come to play football. They didn't bribe Dr. Death and give him a car to wrestle. They didn't give Doc all the tickets he wanted to sell and make five grand on every football team. They didn't give Doc a free job in the summertime when he didn't have to show up and make 500 bucks a week. Doc was an academic student of all times. Got my degree too, coach. You Uh know something? The bottom line is we know who the greatest amateur and pro wrestler is Dr. Death. Remember, I'm a four-time All-American. What is Steiner, a one-time. So you know what that means? I'm four times better than you'll ever be. So, you know, I've got my Captain Mike here, who knows everything that needs to know about wrestling. You've got the coach, and then you've got somebody who's going to destroy you. We got to with the money. Oh, let's not forget Danny. You know what Danny's doing? We got him out. See, oh, you know what he's really doing? What is he doing? He's out scoping out everybody. He's out watching films. All just right. like let's a scout should be. Doc, let's talk about, scouting. wait a minute, talking about your captain here. He's scouting. You know, I see you've got the, you know, you've Major. got your, your financial That's man right. here. you got Chip Burnham here with your money, 10 grand. And the belt. And, and, yeah, and you're going to be wrestling, young man, here in a few moments. And I want to ask you a question. I have nothing against your opponent today. He's a fine young athlete. But what's wrong with you wrestling a man like Sting? Why don't you wrestle Sting here for the television title? Why don't you wrestle Rick Steiner for the television? It looks hey, to me hey, like you're picking minute, your opponents, is what I First think. First of all, I've been out here every week trying to get a match with Luger and trying to get a match with Steamboat, and they're too chicken to do it. So these guys, Sting, Steiner, they're on my list. It's in my pocket. They'll get their chance. There's a lot better contenders, and he's one of them. I'm going to show you. Well, Ross, let's go to the ring. Get a hand in here while we're standing well, next I, to you. Well, I can promise you. I'll, I'll, let's I'll get go this to the ring, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, we'll get this back together, perhaps. Um. Okay. I, one thing, real quick. This is funny because they're praising Oklahoma here. Oklahoma was at this time on probation yeah. for recruiting they violations. Got, they got the death penalty, didn't they? At this point in time, and well, Barry Switzer lost his job. They didn't get the death penalty, but they were they were on serious violations for paying players cash, free airline tickets, etc. So and Barry, it's, it's and Barry it's, Switzer was forced to resign. Yeah, well, that's what's funny because they're acting like, oh, you know, they're this wholesome university when when they were on probation. So I wanted to point that out. Now, uh, Silva, before I go to you, Harper, let me get your thoughts. I don't. I, well, the first thing I was like, "Well, where's Dan Spivey at? Is he gone yet, or what?" Yeah, he was probably touring Japan at this time. Yeah, he's oh, not yeah? going. Yeah, because he 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 he'd go back and forth to all Japan and the United States until about 1994. Oh shit! All yeah. right. Well, that explains that. I thought maybe he went back to Georgia to get his master's degree or something. <laughs> Are we sure he even got his bachelor's? <laughs> I mean, they're wrestling in Atlanta. You don't have to go far. <laughs> yeah, probably went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was some inside joke with Sullivan and Dr. Death over the Spivey comments because they were laughing. Uh, what, what did yeah. you have, Silva? You notice the last few weeks Steve Williams has been acting bizarre. Oh, it's hot in here. It's hot in here. Well, yes. Th- that that's a take on. Devil, devil worshiping, and Kevin Sullivan controlling his mind. And you see, every time he gets a wrestler that used to be goody two shoes or a face, 
and they turn and he's under his spell, they act bizarre. Look what happened to Rick Steiner. When Rick Steiner was with Eddie Gilbert, he was quiet. He was just a brute. He goes to S Sullivan and, and he starts acting crazy. Uh, Mike Rotunda, he was a solid guy. Now look how nutty he became. Yeah. Doctor Death is just doing that. He just, he's just over the top with it. But I see why. What? What? We lost you, Silver. Hey. All right, cut off. In the middle of mid thought, um, we're gonna have to get him to repeat himself when he finally comes back. He's he he's got a connection like you tonight, Harper. What the fuck? You don't hear me? Hey. The, you you I every now and then you cut out. Um, I don't know if your signal's strong or what. You were saying something about Doctor Death. Uh, continue. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, he's acting, he's acting. <laughs> not because That's nice. that continues the storyline of the task, the game master. Oh, and okay. Sullivan controlling his mind. That's why he's acting the way he's acting. It's not like he's trying to be a great promo. He's just continuing the tradition of, of Kevin Sullivan taking these wrestlers and making them bizarre, turning them into part of his cult. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that that makes that that does make sense as you say it like that. Uh, I I thought it was a good promo. You know, I, like I said, I, I love that they're heels and they're making Oklahoma out to be so wholesome. And well, nothing was wholesome about Oklahoma, and, at, and, especially and, at this time. It's funny. Jim Ross is the biggest Oklahoma fan out there. When Kevin Sullivan say this, you see the pain on his face. Like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and you Kevin can Sullivan see. Might have been doing that just to dig into Jim Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Uh, you know, wrestlers, they're always ribbing each other. Um, okay, so after that promo, Mike Rotunda defeats Greg Brown, retains the TV title. We get a lame promo from Ranger Ross. I have nothing robber. from it. It's the, the bank, bank robber. <laughs> the bank robber. Uh, Dead Presidents, uh, the movie. Uh, <laughs> um, Lorenz Tate. <laughs> Lorenz Tate, exactly. I'm not, I'm not saying... President should be dead. I'm quoting a movie, everyone. Jesus. Uh, just so everybody knows. Uh, Iron Sheik defeats Richard Sartan uh, with Ranger Ross walking around on the outside after Ranger Ross's promo. That's the Iron Sheik. Uh, real quick. Well, no, I'm going to save this statement till, till I recap this last match. And then the last match on the show is Dick Murdoch and Vincent Young. They defeat Lee Scott and the Enforcer. Uh, Harper said it earlier. This Vincent Scott guy, Jesus Lord. I mean, you know who his uh, father is, right? Yes. Um, now I'm drawing a blank. I just was talking about that, this with someone recently. That, that that's Chief J. Strongbow Jr. right there. There you go. I I couldn't get the name out. They could they could have just put a headdress on him and and called him Chief J. Strongbow Jr. And we got over better than this lame ass break break dancing boogaloo shit. <laughs> 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 Breakdancer died around the country in 1984. This is 1989. Like Harper said, why are they revisiting, re revisiting the past? This isn't Back to the Future. Get to get topical. Come on, man. Harper, with his, with his Rocky Balboa shorts. Out of here, man. Harper, are you still there? Did we lose you? He might have went to take a leak. You know what's funny is I can remember. In 84, 85, uh, and people are going to say, why were you 10 years old in the French Quarter? Um, well, I grew up in New Orleans. You could do that. So let me just put it out there. But it's funny because, like, when you go down to the French Quarter and you go down to, like, uh, where Cafe Du Monde is and you go down to St. Louis Cathedral in, in Bourbon and all that, 
Uh, it, it's not uncommon that, I mean, kids are out there because there's like street entertainment. And mm-hmm. so the story I'll tell is, you know, in 1985, you would catch kids out at, in the quarter, you know, breakdancing. Like they'd have their tile set up and, and, and they would breakdance and, you know, do the, do the routine and have their little mm-hmm. bucket out. And, mm-hmm. you know, kids would earn money. And so I'm, you know, I think back when I think of breakdancing, and I know breakdancing didn't start in New Orleans. I mean, I can only imagine where you're from in New York, Silver, so like uh, the breakdancing there in the streets N- and whatnot. N- 1975, 76 in the South Bronx is where breakdancing started in New York. Right. So, and I'm thinking 84 ish, you know, I'm watching breakdance, kids breakdancing a quarter, you know, 83, 84. So it's years after the South Bronx. My point is, but it, that was but it fu- didn't become a national uh, phenomenon until 84. Right. So my point is, five years earlier, this is happening where I live, and now they've got this, this pale white guy out there, dressed like Apollo Creed, breakdancing. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> With it's, his Apollo Creed shorts. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's pants, technically, I guess, but still, you know, uh-huh. he's breakdancing. The funniest part of this match was, while Vincent Young is not doing it for me, it's just, at the end, Hayes is like, Look at this boy. He's having a seizure as as young as dancing after the match. I I just meanwhile, Dick Murdoch me, and meanwhile young. Michael Hayes is still doing that outdated moonwalk, right? <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, Harper, did you get back yet? No, he's not. I wonder what. Let me make sure he's still. Oh, he's still on. He must have just stepped away. All right. Any other thoughts on this? I mean, Dick Murdoch and Vincent Young. This is not a tag team. We would uh. Think we would be reviewing? I, I can't believe they tried to push this guy. I, I, um, Chief J and and, and um, jo- yeah, they do have a relationship because Chief J worked with George Scott in the WWF. What? Well, Vince probably my- didn't want to hear about it. Now we're not giving your son a shot. He's a stiff, so he probably made a phone call to his boy George and said, uh, "George, can you give my son a shot?" And this is this is the uh, this is the result. <laughs> in my mind, he's not here long though. No, I, he, 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 this might be his last appearance. I don't know. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't. Is, no, it's not long. He's gone he pretty might, quickly. He might, he, might, he might have left with George Scott because they, 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 they got rid of a lot of the guys that George Scott brought along once they fired Okay, George yeah. <laughs> That'll make sense. So uh, that is the last match on the show. Before we uh, we got to rate this thing and give out some Rolexes. God, I don't know how we're going to do that this week. But um I want to remind everyone out there, please use our Amazon referral link. It is tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Great way to support this show without spending anything extra. If you're already shopping on Amazon, please use that link. It helps support the show. It helps pay the bills that the show has. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Thank you very much for everyone out there who is using that link every time they shop on Amazon. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, boyfriends. Uh, whatever you got in your life, husbands, if you're a female out there listening, you know, it's funny. I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, well, we got female listeners. There's females in the Facebook group. They listen to this show. And she's like, oh, my God, you have to be kidding me. I'm, nope, I'm not. So if you're a female out there and you have a husband, please give them the link. Tell them to use it every time they shop on Amazon. We certainly would appreciate it. Okay. Harper, are you back yet? Damn, nope, he's he taking a dump. No, he still went take a dump. I'm telling you, I know what he does. Uh, let's see, did he text me? No, he didn't, but he, he's taking a dump. I'm, I'm willing to bet. All right, so we need to rate it. We need to give out some Rolexes. Uh, Silva, I think it's your first time doing a normal Saturday night with us. What are you going to rate this thing? A B. 
solid okay. beach. Uh, it would have been high if it wasn't for this fucking Michael Hayes. But um, you had <laughs> the great Muda show what is teasing what you're about to see his total greatness. Uh, you had the beat down of Randy Rose, even though this guy was impersonating Roddy Piper. Uh, 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 you see uh, Gilbert and, and, and uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, new United States Tag Team Champions. The bizarreness of the Varsity Club, a solid B. All right, I'm gonna go with a B minus. I think um, Michael Hayes wore me out when I was taking my notes and watching the episode. He just beat me down. It was ugh, just a beat down listening to Michael Hayes. Uh, real quick, as I'm waiting for Harper to get back so he can give his rating, I. You know, I'm, I guess I'm not spoiling anything for anyone. You know, the Ding Dongs are going to make their debut in a few months. And what I wanted to say last week, actually, too, was I believe, although not in the Ding Dongs gimmick, we have seen the Ding Dongs already wrestle. We, I know Richard, we saw Richard. I know Richard Sartain is one of them. Right. He he, he yep. was on this week's program. Yeah. Yep. Richard Sartain on this week's program is one of the Ding Dongs, and I think we saw the other one either last week or maybe week before last, Greg Evans. Um, so we've seen the actual ding-dongs, although not in the ding-dongs outfits. Yeah, Jim Hurd, Jim Hurd forced that down on Cornette and Sullivan and Gilbert and said, no. Uh, what Make this happening. Oh, my God. Yes. That was horrible. Yes. It was horrible. <laughs> Harper, are you there? But they didn't last long. They didn't last long. That was, I think they lasted less than a month. Oh, they 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 squashed it so quick after they realized it wasn't worth it. Uh, Harper's not there. So uh, we will also now give out some Rolexes before we do so. I want to remind you, like I said, we do have a Clash of the Champions coming up. Raging Cajun from the Superdome. It's a second match of Steamboat and Flair. Great one. Two out of three falls. There's some other good stuff on that, too, even though the attendance was uh, terrible at the Superdome that night. With all that said, you can become a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt tinyurl.com slash patreon btt a great way to support this show and get tons of extra content there are over 200 maybe over 300 patreon exclusive episodes now at tinyurl.com slash patreon btt and again my apologies for no video version this week uh that thing kept crashing on me and i'm gonna have to troubleshoot it uh, when I get a chance this weekend to figure out what the hell is going on with it. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash BTT. A great way to not only support this show, but get tons of extra content uh, for you to enjoy. There's so much out there. The, the NWA pay-per-views, the, all of the clashes we've done so far, they're all up there on the Patreon feed, along with many other shows as well. Okay, uh, so uh, we need to give out the Rolex now. I'll go first, since Harper's still not back. I- I'm going to go with Cornette. I thought Cornette was very classy in his insults, but still got his point across. So I'm going to give it to Cornette. And if I had to give the uh, the Dog Doodoo Award out this week, it, it certainly would be Michael Hayes. Uh, just ridiculousness on the mic, even though there's no such an award. We don't do that. But Steven Javorski, I hope you have fun cranking off to Hayes this week because I sure, I sure as heck don't. Uh, Silva, who are you giving yours to? Your role. Cornette. There's only one. Cornette. Cornette. Cornette in his pro USA uh, promo, and he did he did it classy, and he got the right heat. He ripped on the Iranians, and the crowd loved it. And, he, and I love how he got to Michael Hayes' face about yeah 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 they bought you they bought you yeah yeah great great promo by Jim Cornette again. 
Yeah, tremendous. Hopper, are you there? Jesus, Lord. Okay, I don't know where he went. Um, but with that said, so um, just to go around the horn one more time. So Silva and I both gave ours to Cornette, our Rolex, that is. And then I gave this hey. thing a B minus. There he goes. There he goes. There goes the champ. All right, you're back. Did you go take a dump? Uh, I almost crapped on myself. Damn. I hear you. Well, I'll tell but you what. When you think you're going to fart, and it's like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, uh, we rated it and Rolexed it, so uh, why don't you rate it and Rolex it? Um, while, we got Josh Rolex. Uh, was it Ranger Ross? <laughs> no. Because, you know, he was just doing his job. He's going to do his job again. Of course. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so who are you giving your oh, 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 I just want to, before he does it, another one. Remember we're saying that, and Harper brought it up at the very beginning, and it's been, this show was a theme. There was a theme. Uh, WWF lame limits from 1984, lame gimmicks from 1984. That's another one. Ranger Ross. That's their Corp Corporal Kirshner. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> God. He goes from talking about fucking Grenada to the, to the fucking Iranian, Iranian fucking yeah. hostage to some guy breakdancing. <laughs> yeah, it's fuck. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Hopper's uh. frustrated. <laughs> I mean, you can just see the change. It's just so fucking. It's, you, Harper, it will get better. It will get better after they get rid of George Scott, which is next week. The week after, it gets better because you're going to have more big time matches in the studio, in the new center stage, and you're going to have Terry Funk and on every week. So it's going to get better. Yeah. It 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 it, it gets. These last few weeks haven't been good, but... Fuck no. There are... I said that a couple weeks ago. There are better matches. And then and then you're going you're gonna to see Scott Steiner debut soon and the Steiner Brothers. So the summer of 89 in the NWA is hot. The action is hot. You just got to get through the spring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there... It, it, it's a weird year. Um... You know, our friend Javorski out there, Hopper, he says 89 is one of his favorite years, believe it or not. Can you believe that? Well, good for him. <laughs> he likes the Browns, too. He likes the Browns. He likes the Pirates. <laughs> he likes to crank off to all of it. Mm. Chris Cepeda, this is your fault. You're the one who invented the Javorski crank off segment of the week. Damn. I blame you. Um. So, anyway. Uh, Hopper. Okay, so the great Muda gets it. Oh, Muda, that's a good. I pick, can't. Actually. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. That's a. That's a. I didn't. I didn't. You know, honestly, didn't. Didn't think. Didn't think about that. But and it, that's and, a good and, one. And, and, and it won't be the last time. He no. will be getting a bunch of Rolexes throughout the year. Um, well said. Uh, so the Muda's getting a Rolex. What did you rate it, Hopper? Oh fuck, bro. I see. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Fuck I gave yeah, it a, a C. I gave it a B minus. Silva gave it a B. Ugh. 
Okay, don't sound so frustrated. All right, one other thing before we get out of here. So uh, Doc usually takes care of this at the front of the show, and I completely uh, whiffed on it. We didn't have any new patrons this week, but I want to what the fuck? shout out a new a new uh, five-star review that, that just popped up on Apple Podcasts. So here goes. This is from Nick the D., uh, who is a Hall of Fame Patreon member uh, at that. So, hey, if you want to uh, get your five-star review read on Apple Podcasts, all you got to do is submit it, and we will we will read it on air. So I'm going to read it here. It says, BTT is the best wrestling podcast. Doc, Hardbody Hopper, and Mike make you feel like you're sitting around with them with World Championship Wrestling on the TV, and you're pounding beers talking old school wrestling, engaging in locker room talk that would make our president proud. <laughs> okay, so let me stop for a second. We're normally a politics-free zone, but I'm sure everybody out there gets the joke there. Um, if you're a fan of JCP, 80s NWA, and 90s Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and if you give these guys a listen, and if I and if you don't love it, then there's something wrong with you. Well said, Nick. Uh, he then goes on to say, whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it because booking the territory is by far the best thing going today. Nick, you are a keeper. Thank you for that wonderful five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, Hopper, anything uh, before we get out of here? Anything you want to add or anything? No, nothing's going on. I know. No wildcat. We can thank Nothing. the point. We can take Corona, uh, the, the, the virus gimmick on that. Yeah. Uh, Silva, anything from you before we get out of here? Nah, man, you could, you could book it, baby. All right. So real quick, check out the bottom line cast with Mike Prue and JV. They do the ECW show on our Patreon feed. The bottom line cast is about the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check them out on their free feed as well. And if you're a patron, don't forget to listen to the ECW watch-alongs that they do every two weeks where they cover two weeks of ECW TV. Also check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT. Slightly classier, a little bit more fresh, a little bit more professional, but still fun. Nonetheless, they support us. Please support them. Uh, w, uh, OVP and the bottom line cast. Okay, that's it. Time to get out of here. Hopper, I don't know about you. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. It's been a long yeah. work day. I've been up since 5.30. I know you've been up since early, too. So hit the tagline and get us the hell out of here so we can go to bed. Book it, bitch. Oh.